Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Our business is public relations, coaching, and strategy. If you are in the market for communication road mapping, media relations, social and digital branding, coaching and event preparation, or any other services that you think we can be of value, please reach out at www.provisionadvisors.net. Welcome aboard, everyone, to the Sing Second Sports post-game show brought to you by Sheehy Lexus in Annapolis. Our good friends right there off of the Baydale exit on Route 50 in Annapolis. Come see them for the very best Lexus products. I am John Schofield. Joining me is our special guest from the Capital Gazette newspaper, Bill Wagner, and our producer is Chris Cervello. Uh, here we are. Today is Sunday, October 10th, and we are breaking down the really hard-fought uh, game against SMU, um, which ended in a 31-24 defeat for Navy at the hands of the number 24 ranked uh, Mustang. So, you know, let's let's talk about it. In short, um, SMU rallied from 14 down, came back from a pretty athletic uh, Diego Fago fumble recovery for a touchdown, and then rallied and and on a uh, I think it was like a 22, 23-yard touchdown pass from Mordecai to Jordan Curley with about eight minutes left in the in the fourth quarter that put them up what was eventually for good, um, unfortunately, because we had some chances, you know, and Chris Cervello and I were talking about this a little bit post-game. This didn't necessarily feel like a game that we should have won, but it, it definitely did not seem like a game that, ended in the fair result. Um, I don't think we played well enough to win, but we definitely, definitely could have had a better result. I, I, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, what the play calling was. There were a lot of fullback dives on third and nine, a lot of opportunities, uh, particularly in the final drive to get something a little bit better and uh, something a little bit better was not to be found. So I know the WAGs wrote a, a great, uh, cover article on the uh, Capital Gazette today. There's an awesome uh, photo accompanying it of Ty Lavatai getting just, I think it was like the entire SMU team tackling him. So Wags, you know, what, what did you see? You know, again, special teams was an issue. Again, some of the, some of the play calling we thought was an issue. And in the end, it resulted in a loss. Why do you think that that's so? Well, it was really disappointing, John, because the defense gave Navy an opportunity to win. You hold SMU to 24 offensive points, you know, three touchdowns and a field goal. You got a chance to win. This is a team that averages over 40 points a game. So that was a tremendous defensive effort by Navy. You know, huge pick in the end zone by Johnny Hodges. That takes away a scoring opportunity. This loss is on the offense and the special teams. And obviously the 95-yard kickoff return for touchdown was just an absolute backbreaker, momentum changer, and deflator because Navy had just scored to go up two touchdowns. The Diego Fago scoop and score, 20-yard fumble return for touchdown, puts Navy up 21-7. You are in control. You know, you, you should be going into halftime ahead by two touchdowns. You get the ball to start the second half, and maybe you can add to the lead. Instead, 
SMU takes the very play, very first play after you've scored a touchdown, they score, and it nullifies what you just did. And then Navy goes three and out on offense, and you, SMU scores again, and boom, it's 21 all at halftime. And that's where the game was lost. And I was just shocked that the offense regressed again. I thought that after the improvement shown against Houston and clearly a, a great all-around game for the offense, not just a half, but an entire game worth of solid offense uh, against Central Florida, I thought the offensive struggles were over. And we're back at square one. And it was just incredibly disappointing to see the offensive line just getting totally dominated at the point of attack. I mean, SMU's defensive line controlled play. And they were taking away, according to Ty Lavatai, they were, they were definitely trying to take away the pitch element. And that's why so many play calls were inside the quarterback keeper inside or the fullback dive. But it wasn't working. They were beating you up front and it wasn't working. So you got to try something else. I mean, you got to come up with something else. After two or three series of not being able to move the ball with the fullback dive or the quarterback keeper inside, you got to do something else. And Navy just kept trying to beat its head into the wall until the clock ran out. So it, that was a really disappointing loss because that's a game you should have won. That's a home game. You hold a high-powered offense to that number. You've got to come away with a win. And the offense let Navy down. That's all there is to it, John. The numbers that we were bragging about last week against UCF were not there this week. Okay. I mean, you know, 300 plus yards rushing last week. This week, 177. Pass yards, 64. I mean, that's certainly a, a lot better. But the time of possession, we barely edged uh, SMU in terms of time of possession, 32 to 27. Um, but, you know, again, I'm going to point to six penalties for 30 yards. And the penalties always seem to happen. I mean, there's never a good time for a penalty. But they always seem to happen, like, when it's third and one or at a really critical juncture there were more timeouts taken again that were really head scratching. This isn't our or my pulpit by which I um, by which I criticize, you know, IJ or or Kenny or the team itself. It just seemed like like you were saying, Wags, you know, that they had an opportunity to make some adjustments in order to make a difference, and those adjustments were not made. And you're exactly right. You know, with 7:42 left in in the first half. Uh, Fago scoops that fumble up and scores, and you are in a great spot. And then after that, the Massey return of 95 yards was just a killer. Uh, Cervello and I were walking right by the soup's tent out there, and when he scored on that kickoff, you could hear a pin drop in that stadium. It was so quiet, which was really, really unfortunate. Yeah, hats off to Bijan Nichols. He had a great 50-yard field goal with a very helping win. Uh, he had a very good game, but but again, the the defense just didn't get the help that they needed. And, and in the end, yeah, the result is a loss. So Wags, you know, where do they go from here? Because it's a short week. Haven't really heard anything about injuries. It looks like they came out relatively unscathed you know it, it's going to be quick and we're going to be releasing the uh memphis uh game preview pod later in the uh week but obviously earlier earlier than we usually do since it's a thursday game but how do they recover from this well first of all i have a couple things about the penalties um you're right the penalties have got to stop and the worst thing is it's it's offensive penalties it's one thing if you're you're making committing penalties from aggressive defense but 
offsides by an offensive lineman multiple times. I mean, can't happen. Now, one thing Coach Niamat did say in the postgame presser when I asked about the penalties, he said that at SMU's defensive players were making calls or doing something. Basically, it's kind of illegal. And he said he was going to talk to the league office about this. But, hey, you know, it's gamesmanship. And if uh, you let it beat you, you're, shame on you. John, this, this loss is really disappointing. I mean, you can have excuse, explain away other losses. Uh, this, this one's hard to swallow because, like I said, if you do anything on offense, and what did we say in between the third and fourth quarters when we did our little Instagram hit? A couple long drives, or maybe we said it at halftime, John. A couple long drives is what you need. You need to hog the ball and score a touchdown or two. And you're going to win this game. And they did. They did nothing. Didn't happen. You got to get back to work. It is a short week. And, you know, a, a short week like this always favors the home team. I mean, if you're only got three days to get ready for a Thursday night game, you'd rather be at home. Navy's got to get on the plane and fly to Memphis. This could be tough. Now, we'll talk about Memphis later in the week, but they're they're not great this year. They're they're 0-2 in the American Athletic Conference. They're 500 team, 3-3. Three, three and three. So they're not. I don't think this is one of the better Memphis teams we've seen in the last five or six years. So you got to get it together and and get a win on the road. And the key is offense, John. The offense has got to find some consistency. Can't just have one good game, one good half, and then you revert back to what we saw earlier in the season. Yeah, so for the Memphis game, and actually a, a question that I have that I honestly don't know the answer to. So the one corner that we lost on the targeting, is he out for next week? And is McMorris okay? Because I know for a time there, we we were playing a very good quarterback. And I'm going to say that that Mordecai is going to throw the ball in the NFL. That kid's arm is electric and he makes good decisions. He's got good pocket presence. We didn't pressure him the way that we could have and should have, but that kid is a really good quarterback and was going up against two backup corners for a while. That's how good Brian Newberry's defense was. But Wags, what's what's our outlook at corner now? Well, yeah, right. First of all, Mordecai, definitely NFL. I mean, do you see that 75-yard pass? He, he put that on the money, 65 yards in the air or whatever it was. And then the throw that really impressed me is that at one point he was on his the left-hand side of the field, and he threw all the way across to the right, all the way to the sideline. I mean, that was that's a, one of the hardest throws to make, and he did it with ease. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a bad situation with the whole secondary. I mean, look how many people Navy have lost already. I mean, Mitch West is out for the season. Even Gibbons uh, replaced him, and uh, he got injured with a concussion. He hasn't played since the Houston game. And then yesterday, Michael McMorris went out early. And then, of course, Jamal Glenn with the targeting. Jamal Glenn is only going to miss the first half of Memphis because he sat out the second half against SMU. So Glenn will have to sit out the first half of Memphis and he'll be able to play in the second half. The big concern is Michael McMorris. He is your best cornerback. You need him. And he's been injured all season. He's been nursing injuries. So you got to get your, uh, Michael McMorris back. But the young cornerbacks did hold up pretty well against a great passing team after Navy lost the top, the two starters. Yeah. Um, our work is cut out for us. Um, if you want any more information on uh, how this game was lost, what happened in between the lines and for all of the other analysis, 
I recommend you find uh, Wags's post-game column. We're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to break down what else happened this weekend in Naval Academy Sports. This is the post-game show brought to you by Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis. Thank you so much to our friends there. We'll be right back. This is Sing Second Sports. Thanks again for joining our Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis post-game podcast. If you're looking for more in-depth coverage of Navy football, check out Bill Wagner, Keenan Reynolds, and Eric Catani on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-B, Believe. They do a recap show that looks just at the week that was in Navy football. And then they do a pod later in the week that looks ahead at the upcoming game. You can find that podcast and it's called Believe in Navy Football, B-L-E-A-V in Navy Football. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. So in addition to Sing Second Sports, check out Believe in Navy Football. Now back to the pod. We are back. So let's talk a little bit about what else happened yesterday. It was not all doom and gloom as we left Navy Marine Corps Stadium very down. We did know uh, that as we were going into post-game mode that Navy soccer was up 2-0 on Army and they eventually finished up 3-0. That is many, many thanks to Jacob Williams's Hattie. Um, so Jacob had a great hat trick. Uh, basically, Navy was dominant over Army up there in Philly, uh, winning 3-0. Uh, Tyler Fanning with another clean sheet, as I like to say. Um, and Navy men's soccer is in a really, really good spot. Uh, again, getting the star win, huge goal for OD, as he was telling us in the previous podcast. Um, really happy for them going up there and getting that win. And the rest of the Patriot League schedule for them now looks pretty good. Hey, John, remember on our podcast when we had Tim O'Donoghue, he said Jacob Williams is due to break out that he had not shown his true abilities yet. And man, Jacob Williams must have been listening to Coach OD kind of call him out on the pod because he played great. And I just want to say congratulations to Navy men's soccer because that's that's an outstanding win. We talked about the struggles against Army West Point and, you know, Coach OD basically said we've been a better program. The record proves that, and it's just a shame that we have not been able to get it done in the Star Game. And, you know, his quote was that this was a complete game. The team played a complete game, and he was just so happy for the seniors to be able to get that end star, John. Yeah, it's huge for them. And, uh, and you know, seriously, here in, in two separate weekends, we can grab two stars from Army West Point in soccer. Um, so, yeah, Jacob Williams was an absolute stud. The defense was stalwart as they always are. And I, like you, am so happy for OD to finally get that, uh, that star win. Um, speaking of Patriot League schedules and soccer, uh, Chris and I uh, were able to give you a little bit of an update from the Navy women's soccer uh, that took place Friday night. Awesome to see them this weekend. They had their alumni weekend. So there are a lot of um, legends from the past who came back in. Shout out to uh, Aaron Kelly, the uh, captain from the class of 2002 team. Um, battled ACLs, you know, her entire career. It was great talking to her in the uh, in the tent on Saturday before the game. But Navy women's soccer got a great win, two one, and now they have 
a pretty good schedule to make sure that they finish in the top six to make the uh, Patriot League tournament. So now what's next for Navy women's soccer is they have two teams that are kind of right with them in the standings and then two teams at the very bottom of the standings for their final four. They get American midweek uh, down there in D.C. and then they welcome Army West Point on Saturday. We're going to talk to Karen Gabera and hopefully one of the players as a preview for that Army-Navy game the same way we did for the men's team. And then Navy women's soccer ends with the two teams at the very bottom of the table uh, in the Patriot League, Holy Cross and I believe Lafayette. So it looks good. I mean, you know, we, we get to stay home if you don't, you know, really count a bus trip down to Washington, D.C. on Wednesday. We get to stay close to home for the next two weeks. And then, you know, our future is in our own hands for how we end in the Patriot League. Everything is ahead for Navy women's soccer there. Sprint football put a whooping on Alderson Broadus, 65 to 10 uh, over the weekend. So good on them. Uh, swimming and diving is back in the pool. Volleyball, unfortunately, dropped a four-set decision to Lafayette. Before that, they had, uh, they had played very, very well. Um, to get a sweep in the game before on Friday um, against Holy Cross. But, um, you know, here we are. We're, we're basically right in the thick of the seasons for everyone, for all the fall sports. Football is now at a very, very difficult spot. Needed that win on Saturday. Didn't get it. Short week, tough week, tough roadie down in Memphis. Uh, we need to see what happens there. And then... You know, the soccer teams each have four Patriot League games left. We need to see how that goes. And volleyball, uh, the road does not get much easier uh, for them either. So we'll, we'll keep giving you the updates from tennis, from water polo, from all the sports. It was not a completely lost weekend, um, as Jacob Williams' Hattie is definitely the, uh, the highlight for me. Um, so for Bill Wagner, for Chris Cervello and Ward Carroll, I am John Schofield. This has been uh, the postgame show with, with Sing Second Sports brought to you by She Who Lets Us of Annapolis. Uh, we're going to go out. The next time we talk to you, we'll be back midweek. We're bringing you sailing and our preview for the Memphis game. I'm John Schofield. We are out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play -play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of the podcast segments.